Galatians chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. We will be there in just a bit. Titus, the troubleshooter. We're going to talk about Titus tonight. We are most familiar with Titus by way of the book of Titus. Paul wrote what we know as the pastoral epistles. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. He, he, he's writing to the young preacher Timothy, and he's writing to the preacher Titus. And of course, even though we call them the pastoral epistles, they're not just for pastors. There's all kinds of principles and uh, good for everyone in, in these. His name means honorable, and we're going to find out as we talk about this man Titus that he definitely lives up to his name. Titus was a pastor, a preacher. He was a laborer in the Lord, and he had a special bond with the Apostle Paul. It wasn't because of their background or anything like that. Titus was actually Gentile, and Paul was a Jew. It wasn't a physical thing that, you know, or anything to do with their lives that, that caused this bond to take place. It was a spiritual bond. They were both great workers in the Lord. Their bond was that of doing the work of God. The Scriptures would steer us to consider that Titus was saved under the ministry of Paul. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 4, Paul writes to him and he says, Titus, mine own son after the common faith. And, and, and when the terminology like that would be used so many times, it's the spiritual connection that was made. It was the spiritual relationship of one who might have been saved under the ministry of another. And you know, and something that we think about with Titus, he was the first man to read a portion of the Bible, the letter that was written to him. God breathed it, Paul had it written down, signed it, and he had it sent to Titus. So he's the first one to read a portion of the Bible. He was a fellow laborer in the work of God with Paul. Titus wasn't the preacher that came into an established church and just took over something that was a spiritually well-oiled machine that was operating well and functioning well. That wasn't Titus's lot in life concerning his calling. The work of the Lord given to Titus actually involved a lot of difficult tasks. As we look at Titus tonight, something that we can apply to our lives is the lot in life that we've had. Maybe it's something in our past and, and it's something that has passed, but we have a lot in life sometimes that, that we just kind of wish we didn't have. Maybe there's something in our future 
that's coming. And we might look at the Word of God in this man tonight and glean from this about how to deal with our lot in life. It may be that right now the tasks at hand are very difficult and, and your lot in life, it is very trying to you. We're going to be helped by Titus in some ways. Titus always had the tough task. He is Paul's troubleshooter. And so in Galatians chapter 2, verses 3 through 7, we're going to look at some conference trouble. And, we, and I brought up this subject a while back with someone else for another reason uh, about, about the Jews who wanted the Gentile converts, professing converts, to, they, they wanted the deal to be, they're not saved yet. They're not saved until they're circumcised. So they had a big council meeting and they came together about it to, to have a talk on it. And so in Galatians chapter 2, I'll just read a few verses that, that uh, take us right in the middle of it. It says in verse 3, But neither Titus, who was with me, Paul writes, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of the false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seemed to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person. For they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was committed unto Peter. I'll just stop right there as that gives us a, a, a little view of what has taken place here. Should there be the qualification for salvation in Jesus Christ that there be faith? And circumcision? Or should the qualification for salvation in Jesus Christ be faith alone in Christ alone? And of course, it's faith alone in Christ alone. Did a Gentile have to be circumcised to be saved? Paul goes to this meeting. He gets right on it. And he has a visual aid with him. He brings Titus. Titus is a Gentile. He's Greek. He comes from parents who are Gentiles. And he knows Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and is not compelled in the least bit to be circumcised. Paul brings in this Gentile. And, and what he is goes against what these Jews are trying to do. Jews hated the Gentiles. They thought of Gentiles as dogs. And Titus is the one who is brought into this trouble 
to attend this meeting to be an example of a converted Gentile by faith alone in Christ alone. That had to be a tough spot to be in in one sense. And some may have backed out of doing that, but Titus did not. And and Paul chose him among other Gentile believers that he had definitely led to the Lord. It could have been others that he chose, but Titus was the one picked for the visual aid, which says a lot about his testimony. So Titus was part of the conference trouble. But not only that, Titus was part of the collection trouble. We're all, we're all familiar with the collection that was made for the poor saints in Jerusalem. And Paul had an objective on his third missionary journey that that was going to be taken care of. That the collection was going to take place. I mean, there was a good valid reason for the collection. It wasn't just for nothing. It wasn't just because there was a good point for it. And there was an urgent need. And there's a lot of good that can come out of it. It's good for the people of God to give. It was good in this case for, for primary, primarily Jews in Jerusalem who were in need. And those of the Gentiles who were saved, they could be a part of giving to the Jews. And it could be something to help this relationship between them as the family of God with the, with the Gentiles grafted in to the Jews. Corinth had the potential to raise the greatest offering for those poor saints in Jerusalem. Macedonia ended up being the example. They just about needed an offering themselves. And they are begging and desiring that the offering that they were giving would be received. They gave beyond their ability to give. But here you have this church at Corinth and the offering has fallen to the wayside. The church is dividing. They are in cliques. There is sin going on in the church that is listed all through the first letter to the church at Corinth that needs to be dealt with. They're not taking up the offering. And Paul uses Titus in this situation. Titus is going to contribute to this situation. He's going to be one to collect. He's going to be one to be able to help them appointed by Paul. The collection trouble. Paul puts Titus in it. Can you imagine Titus dealing with this church and maybe preaching them a sermon on giving in the midst of their condition and Paul giving him that job, though, that he is to help be part of this, that he's to motivate them. You know, a lot of preachers don't preach on giving, and, and, and a lot of them uh, are probably too careful in delivering the message. And here Titus is in a situation to be of a contribution to help Corinth. He's the man appointed for the job. And to make a long story short, Titus did well in his job. 
Titus did well in, in his troubleshooting job. But we might not just consider the particular collection trouble with Corinth, but how about Corinth overall? Titus didn't just have the responsibility with the Jerusalem uh, collection, but Corinth's condition in sin. Paul wrote them a letter. And he wrote them a letter, the, the first letter, and he named everything that they needed to correct. He called out things, and he sends Titus to go get a report of what's going on in that church, how they have responded to the letter. Not that he's going just for that. You know if he's sending Titus, Titus is going to go to be of some help in the situation. Titus has no idea how the church has responded to this, to this very convicting letter that Paul has written them concerning their condition. Paul did desire a quick turnaround that Titus would, would come back with a word soon. But he was clearly there to help handle the situation. You know, someone can do something of some good. There can be of some good with the letter. But then another preacher can come right behind and mess up what has happened. But how did Titus contribute to all this? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 6, it says... Nevertheless, God, that comforted those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoice the more. And Paul goes on to talk about the, the first letter that he sent. For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. So we have the outcome that you always want in a church or in a Christian. There was true repentance. But Titus is the one sent. What effect did Titus have? How, how did he contribute to this? Well, 2 Corinthians 7, and you look at verse 13. It says, Therefore, we were comforted in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we, we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. For if I have boasted anything to him of you, I am not ashamed. But as we spake all things to you in truth, even so our boasting, which I made before Titus, is found a truth. And his inward affection is more abundant toward you. Whilst he remembereth the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling ye received him. Corinth deserved a stern reprimand. 
It came by way of letter. Titus went to them in complete agreement with Paul. He didn't go there to, to take their side if they were upset or to take Paul's side only if, if they did respond right. But he took the letter. I mean, the, the letter, they got the letter, and they were obviously affected by the letter, but they were obviously affected by Titus in person. The letter went, and, and so they couldn't read every tone and every emotion in what was written, though the Holy Spirit convicted their hearts. But now Titus is there in person. And he presented the troubleshooting of the situation very well. And he did it in love. He did it in tact. He had patience with them. And he had courage with, uh, toward them in what he had to face. And the end result was they loved Titus. And Titus loved them. He didn't do anything to mess up the situation. He helped the situation in the midst of the trouble. But let's back up just a minute before Paul knew the outcome and rejoiced. And, and think about Paul along the way in this. When Titus has not returned and Paul does not know what's going on, Paul could not go because he was bound in Ephesus after he sends Titus, Paul cannot stay in Ephesus because of the rioting that took place. So Paul leaves Ephesus, he goes to Troas, he ends up in Philippi. Paul got severely sick. Paul was down, he was in need of great comfort and encouragement. And he had one means of encouragement that he wanted to come his way. He wanted a good report on this church. He had a heaviness for Corinth and how they were going to respond if they would respond the way God would have them to respond to their situation in the church. And he had one person on his mind who he wanted to see come to him and comfort him, and that was Titus. He didn't just want the report from Titus, but he loved Titus, and he wanted to see that Titus was safe and well, and he made the trip okay. So consider Paul feeling like he's going to die from severe sickness, and, and just think if, what if Titus didn't end up going? What if he said he would go and he just didn't want to face it? He didn't want to go into that troublesome situation? We can relate to that. What if he hadn't have gone? Or what if he had gone and he didn't handle things as he should have? as the troubleshooter that he is. And he made things worse. And, and he messed up a lot of what the Lord used Paul to do by way of the letter. And Titus has to come back with bad news for Paul. What would that have done to Paul? Think about Paul's condition. He didn't know how the situation was turning out. He was ill he was facing a lot of things with, with Ephesus and going through Troas and Philippi. But Titus comes back. He handled the situation well. He came back to Paul 
with a good report. A good report of the souls in the church who changed their mind about sin and about the Savior and turned back to the Lord and repented of all they had done. I'm glad Titus didn't turn this situation down because it was tough or because it was undesirable. A lot of Christians would have passed on that. A lot of Christians do pass on dealing with the troublesome situations that that have to be faced. But Titus did. He handled it well. And there was joy between this church and Titus. Titus takes back the word to Paul. Paul is overjoyed by the report that he receives. And how good it is. How good is it to have a great troubleshooter? That's what Titus was. Titus was Paul's troubleshooter. Not just with Corinth, though, but also with Crete. You can turn with me now to Titus chapter 1, and we're going to look at some verses in, in this book, what we have shared of the poor saints in Jerusalem, what we have shared with the report on Corinth, obviously all comes from 2 Corinthians, but the letter to Titus from Paul wasn't about Corinth, it was about the island of Crete. When Paul was released from prison, he had uh, another burden. He was burdened for Corinth. This time, he's burdened for Crete. He's burdened for this island of believers. And the Cretans were not very easy to deal with. They were not people that Paul said in and of themselves a lot of good things about. Yet Paul had this trip on his heart to go to this island of people in Crete. The Cretans were simply a dishonest, untruthful people. In the beginning of Titus here, in in chapter 1, he says of them, Paul calls them liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. There were problems going on, and they had to be dealt with. There was some troubleshooting to do in Crete. And so Paul is not only burdened for this island and to go there, but he's burdened to take someone with him for dealing with the trouble. And you guessed it, it's Titus. And we see in verse 5, He says, for this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordained elders in every city as I have appointed thee. Paul left Titus on this island. He took him 
And it's undetermined as to how much time Paul spent with him there, but he definitely left him there and went on to other work. Tons of trouble, and Paul leaves Titus there to set in order the things that are wanting, the things that are lacking. There's a lot of lacking that's going on in the churches, and it's resulting in the the negative things that are taking place. And he sent him there to set in order the things that are lacking. That phrase, set in order, it means to make something defective right again. The medical field would borrow this term to talk about setting a bone back in place or setting a limb back in place. That's what these churches needed. I mean, they needed a major spiritual overhaul. They were all in need of tremendous help with multiple problems. And after Paul was there with him for some period of time, he left Titus there to fix what was broken. You know, several preachers can step into a well-established ministry and be able to succeed and to pick up where there's a great spiritual health where someone has done a, an amazing job and, and left off. But not, not every preacher can step into a troubled ministry and look to troubleshoot the situation and to fix what was going on. This is something that Titus could do. This is Titus. He could do that. And not only could he do that, but Paul knew that he could step in and fix it. For Paul to leave Titus there in Crete, it doesn't say anything bad about Paul because of God's will that he was following, but it says something amazing about Titus. Paul had the highest confidence in Titus for the task that was at hand. He was there to strengthen the churches, to help to fix the issues they were facing, and to reset the bones, if you will, to appoint pastors throughout the cities on this island. Paul was able to place his trust in Titus to do the job. He was was given the authority to do so. And surely the word of authority had spread all around the island that Paul left Titus in charge. If anybody wanted to challenge him, well, Titus had a letter that was written to him here stating so and backing him up. Titus was there to do a job that not just everyone was given, not just everyone would be able to do, but he was there to do it. He had the letter to back him up, the letter God breathed, the letter that Paul had written for him and signed that was delivered to him. And the word in Titus is the help that he needs to get this spiritual island back in order as it belongs. 
you know, appointing the right men as, as pastors in the churches. The, the way things went at this time, that was a huge job in and of itself. And when you see in Titus chapter 1 and verses 6 through 11, and you look at the list of qualifications for a pastor, that's not any kind of rebuke toward Titus. He did not disappoint in that area at all. He was given the help that he needed to be able to do the work. Any work we find ourselves in for the Lord, we're going to find the help that we need to be able to do it. And Titus himself had it there by way of the word of God. What a man was to have in himself to be in the selection of being a pastor. Though there was personal instruction for Titus as the, as the word continues on, he wasn't just to stay away from evil deeds he was to do good. He was to be a model of good deeds, and he was to teach in a proper manner. You know, you, you think of Lot, and, and Lot didn't partake in the sin in the wicked city that he took his family to, but it was sin in and of itself that he wasn't doing good toward it. You know, it's, it's one thing for us to stay away from sin. It's another thing that we are to be doing good. It's not just about what we don't do. It's about what we are to do. And so Titus had those instructions. It was a temporary mission for him. Paul sent him, took him to this temporary mission and left him there with it. And it was going to be quite a time of testing once again for Titus, as he is in a situation to troubleshoot. Chapter 1, verse 13 says that he was to rebuke them sharply. What a tough task for Titus. You know, Titus' name is found in the Bible only 15 times in four books. Yet look what he was in the background. He was Paul's troubleshooter. Paul was glad to do the troubleshooting he needed to do. But yet, he had a man that he recognized that ability in. And, and he's in the background as Paul's great help. We've just talked about a few things the, the conference trouble, the collection trouble, the Corinthian trouble, and the Cretan trouble. But every mention of Titus's name in the Bible finds him in the middle of a difficult situation. Not just to be there in it, but to do something about it. Whether he was in Jerusalem, whether he was in Corinth, whether he was in Crete, we didn't even talk about what we find said about him uh, in, to, in the letter to Timothy, uh, about him in Dalmatia. You know, other preachers at this time, in his time of ministry, th there, there may have been a whole lot of redeeming and conversion taking place 
souls being saved. It's so wonderful. It's so encouraging to, to just be in the presence of God saving souls and be able to baptize them and them come into the membership of the church and, and to watch them serving and, and to see a church like Thessalonica. They, they got such a good report and they were doing so well. And you have pastors of a church like that. That's, that's their lot. And then you have those like Titus, where other pastors were part of a work of primarily the, the redeeming and the converting of the lost, for Titus it was rebuking and correcting the saved. You know, and, and, and as we see, he's honorable. He lives up to his name. He's honorable. He did this and he did this in the right way, but... When you think about him, do you think Titus kind of wanted to escape from it all every now and then? Look what he was given over and over. What, what do you do, Titus? Well, I'm the troubleshooter. I go, instead of going away from the trouble, I'm, I'm called and seem to be in situations to go to the trouble and to jump in the middle of it. Do you think he ever wanted to escape his lot in life? You know, I mean, it's easy to think that maybe he did because we've had those thoughts. We've wanted to escape our lot in life sometimes. We've wanted to get away from it. And, I, and I, look, I know people who have literally tried to get away from it. They tried to use geography as their escape. I know a family that up and moved years ago, decades ago, and they moved away for the wrong reasons. They moved away because they couldn't get along with some others, and I'll just kind of stop on that part of it right there and just say as they tried to make their escape, everything ended up falling apart in their lives. No matter where we go, we, we can't escape whatever our lot in life is. You know, other people use drugs and alcohol. Wow, that, that deceptively makes things okay for a few hours in one's mind as things just steadily get worse and worse and worse. Then there are those who hibernate. How do we escape from things? Some just hibernate. They just shut down. One writer commented, when I see the blinds drawn, barred doors, doorbell removed, Newspaper still in the plastic sleeve collected on the porch. It's bad news. One church member told a preacher one time, I have not listened. I have not taken in a word you've said in the past two years. I've been in the sanctuary. I've been here for the services you know. But I haven't taken in a word you've said. 
And the preacher thought the next thing coming was, how did I offend you? And it wasn't that. For this particular person, their mother had passed away two years before. And they just shut down. And when the person went to tell the preacher, I haven't heard you in two years, it wasn't wanting any help. They chose to shut down and they stayed shut down. And the end of their marriage was a big part of it. The attempt to escape our lot in life is a dangerous thing. We can't escape through self-pity, through tears, through memories. We can't shut down. Titus, dealing with trouble in ministry, was he tempted? Was he tempted to walk away? You know, I don't know. You can, you can, you can think about the mindset maybe as we can think about his situation now. But he didn't do any of these things. Titus didn't quit, though he was always on the hard road in ministry. He didn't, he didn't dwell on or by what we see here, he wasn't just, just, just laying everything on hopes for a smooth season in ministry. He wasn't expecting it. He stayed by the stuff and he stayed true to Christ no matter what his lot was. Of course, he knew what Paul went through and what Paul faced as a child of God. He knew of the persecution as he was coming up and, and getting started. And as he developed into the troubleshooter that God made him, he obviously figured it was worth it. The cost of discipleship was worth it for him. And he became Titus the troubleshooter. And he knew that Christ was with him in every trouble that he faced. Someone said, I'd rather have a tough life with Christ than an easier life without him. You know, as I was studying this, when I came to the end a phrase that I've heard several times in sermons came to my mind to maybe help us tonight. Bloom where you're planted. The geography, it doesn't provide an escape. What do we do? The best thing to do, bloom right where we're, we're planted, right in our lot in life, whatever it may be. That's exactly what Titus did. And that is exactly what you and I can do. And it's what you and I are called to do. No matter what our lot in life is. Well, there's Titus. And some things pulled out about him. I pray we remember him. I pray we glean from his life and it and it helps us tonight
And, and with that, I'm going to ask Bubba Mills if he will uh, 